episode 105 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews with interesting people. Joining me via Skype today, I have Lanessa Pierce. She's the woman behind what to do in Southern Oregon. Hi. Hi. We're going to talk a lot about how you started this and how you've grown it and what it means and how people can tap into it. It's a really cool resource um, if you're new to the area, but also if you're a foodie, I look at some of the pictures and I'm like, where'd she get those donuts? Where the, where can I find those donuts? <laughs> and we often end up at the same places. It happens. It happens. Well, you know, I've met a lot of people who have appeared on this podcast at a winery or a restaurant or a bar. It's just like, oh, this is it's my life, though. Yeah, exactly. And yours, too. Yes, it is. Lanessa, where yeah, are you from originally? I'm originally from, well, I grew up in Southern California. Okay. And I, um, the majority of my life in Southern California was in Garden Grove, California, which is in Orange County. Orange County. Um, what was that like? It was very, oh, I loved it. We lived, the biggest thing I loved is the fact that we were really close to the beach. We weren't, we weren't a beach city, but we were um, 20 minutes from Huntington Beach. So um, that, that was one of the biggest things that I missed when I moved away. And also we literally lived, we were the, the main street that I was off of was the street Disneyland was off of. So we could see mm -hmm. the fireworks from our, the, our cul-de-sac. That's so funny. I was just going to tell a quick story. My husband's from Huntington beach and he talks oh, wow. about, yeah, he talks about growing up in Southern California and they knew it was time to go home. If you're outside playing with your friends, they knew it was time to go home when the fireworks at Disneyland were going off. Yeah, you can you can hear them. It's funny how you can hear the fireworks like pretty far around Disneyland. It's really neat. Right. And you can see them all over. Even my friend, she lived, well, if you could if you could hear them in Huntington Beach, she lived in Westminster and she could see them from her house, so. So, great. are you a Disney nerd? Yes, I am. So, so <laughs> we is, love Disney. So is my husband. He he'll probably deny it if you ever ask him in person. Um, huge Disney nerd. In fact, we have a ginormous picture hanging up in our house of it's Mickey shaking the hand of a firefighter. It was during those wildfires. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, I love that. Picture. We have that hanging up in our house. So. Is it, but is it autographed? There's the nerd. <laughs> there would be the real okay. Disney nerd. Yeah, that, that would be the real Disney nerd. Um, <laughs> what is it about growing up in Southern California right next to this magical place, the happiest place on earth, Disneyland? It's just, I mean, I know I have a lot of people in my life who are from Southern, Southern California who grew up near Disneyland, and they're all just Disney nerds. I don't know. We, you know, it's, it, well, one thing, it just makes it, when you, at least back then, now, I don't know what type of things they do for locals, but it was really inexpensive for us to go back then. It's mm -hmm. not like now where it takes like a year's worth of salary to go with a family of four. But um, <laughs> we went, um, we went so much. It was, it's just, anybody knows you go to Disneyland and it's like so clean. It's, it's, it, it's obviously staged. It's just beautiful. And so then you have this, um, especially when you're a kid, everything's just so happy. And it like even our, we weren't, um, we were in a middle-class neighborhood. Um, so we were, it, it's not like we lived in this perfect neighborhood. We were just a middle-class neighborhood that we lived in, but just being so close to Disney, um, a lot of our friends, even in high school worked there. Um, in, in fact, one time I was at Disneyland and, Goofy started talking to me because he knew me, but he couldn't tell me who he was. That really freaks me out. That was funny though. It was it was I was a junior in high school. No, excuse me, a sophomore in high school, and um, it was kind of our playground. Sure. Because we would go on the weekend and we would um, we did all the things where we would dress up for. They had a fifties day for a few years, and we would all dress up in poodle skirts and everything, and we would go. And have fun with our friends, and it was our—it was like kind of like going to the mall. Our family, our parents would drop us off, and we'd go to Disneyland. Beautiful. Also, and we'd go to Knott's Berry Farm too. Knott's Berry Farm was because yeah. it was less expensive than Disneyland too. So, it's that's the beauty of living in Orange County is that we're in the just about every well, it's just like here—you just have to find the things mm -hmm. that is 
unique to your area and we would go skiing up at snow summit we didn't big bear mountain is the big place to ski but there was a smaller resort called snow summit that was less expensive and we were always on a budget and so we um went to snow summit and that's where i learned to ski um we would go to the beach all the time that was another thing we'd go after school right we'd go to the beach and hang out at the beach for a couple hours what a life um, what a life yeah it was i it was definitely uh you know, it was, it was very a privileged life. We had a lot of fantastic things growing up. That's um, awesome. That's, that's amazing. What my parents wanted, they moved us to Orange County so that we could experience so many um, things in Southern California. Move from where? Um, well, so from, well, we lived in Huntington beach and then, um, my dad was moving or, or we did move to Washington for one year mm -hmm. and then we lived in, um, the, it's, it's called, it's Covina. I don't know if you know yeah. where Covina, it's off the 210. So it's in the kind of going towards the Inland Empire, more of the, the hotter area. My That's where, so I kind of, when I was a small child, I grew up in with my grandma, Pomona, because my parents were both full-time working and my mom had two jobs actually. But my dad worked in um, LA. He actually lived, worked right off of Skid Row. So if you can imagine the, um, it took him two hours each way to get home. It was ridiculous. And um, so often I would stay, my kindergarten year started with my grandmother in Pomona, which is the inland, they call it the Inland Empire. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I would be with her and my aunt. They um, started me in kindergarten and then we moved from, um, I was born right there in Montclair. And then we moved over to Covina and I did my kindergarten first grade year there. And um, then we moved to Washington, then we moved to Huntington Beach for a year, and then we moved to Garden Grove. That's why I say most of it from my fourth grade through mm -hmm. my uh, junior, senior year was in Garden Grove. Uh, what did your parents do growing up? My dad was, um, he was, he's a graphic designer, or he's a, no, he, back then it was called color separation. He okay. did um, lithographics. And so he actually worked for a company that printed all the posters for the movies and album covers. And he had a specialty of, um, he was had a specific specialty where he's really good at color separation and graphic design. But this is like the, like more, not as digital as things are now. Right. Um, yeah. And then he, when we moved up, he, he got a really good job up, up here um, with commercial printing. Everyone sees it over by Harry and David. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big, huge warehouse area. That's where he retired. Um, which, funny enough, they actually do um, Apple's uh, manuals, but probably not now anymore. Wow. But the actual, yeah, so they print up big uh, corporate jobs here, up here in commercial printing. And they wanted my dad because of his specialty, because of what exactly he needed to do. Sure. So you guys actually moved from Garden Grove up to Southern Oregon at some point? Yes. When was that? My, that was, well, my parents moved here first in 1991. And um, I finished high school. I graduated a year early as a junior, and um, and I came up in 1992. Okay. So they let me stay with my f my friend that actually bought the house for my parents, and I stayed there with them. That's nice. For a year, I know. Six months. I moved from South Carolina to Las Vegas when I was 16, and oh gosh, right. It's so disruptive in high school when. And yeah, when you're a teenager. And it's crazy culture shock, but um, I, I always say that was a very good thing for me because it sort of like opened my eyes a little bit to other things, other, you know, from the South. Yeah. Um, so you move up here after graduating. What do you want to do with yourself? Um, I, hated, <laughs> I hated Southern Oregon. <laughs> Lanessa. I know. I, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Why? What did you hate about it? When this is, let's, let's be fair. This is in 92. 92. Okay. Um, so I let my parents took, my parents obviously made the decision with us. Also my mom, she worked from home. She was a word processor and they were tired of Southern California life. And, but as a teenager, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. the, the rat race and the, you know, I know now I realize my dad was driving. It was exhausting them to have to drive on that freeway, sure. drive on the, and the 60 is a terrible freeway to be, even he worked in the city of industry 
um, towards the end of living in Southern California. And it still took him 45 minutes to get literally three, um, uh, 20 miles. Yeah. No, thanks. You know, so yeah, it was, it was terrible, but, um, I did not want to leave my friends. Mm. It was, it was so bad. And also I was a beach baby. I mean, you know, riptide, wet riptide. I grew up swimming riptide and I'd end up a mile down the beach and I would just walk back, you know, now it's like, oh my gosh, if you get caught caught in a riptide, you could die. But that's how I, I was, I was a beach baby. I loved it. I didn't want to see anything positive about Southern Oregon. Dang. Then I moved, then I moved up here and, um, I did, I had a couple friends, um, but I didn't want to see the positive yet. Mm. And, um, like the only thing we had to do was the dollar movie theater. Everybody remember the dollar movie theater? Well, uh, I, I, I don't, but I, I didn't live here then. So that oh, okay, sounds yeah, like a pretty a, sweet deal. Dollar movie theater. I'm in. You know where that, um, the blood donation is right there behind Bobby <laughs> Yes. That was a movie theater oh. and it was a dollar. Yeah. It was a dollar to get in. Um, so anyways, and I didn't really start and everyone was saying there was nothing to do here. I kept hearing, there is nothing to do here, uh, especially when you're a teenager, there's nothing to do here. So it took me a couple years and then um, started going camping. My my dad's a huge outdoor person. He actually grew up in uh, Klamath Falls. Okay. So that's how he knew about the area. And um, he, when he came up, we were going to move to Ashland first because it's such a cute little town. Mm -hmm. And then we realized we could get more bang for our buck in Medford. Yeah. And so we moved in, um, we lived right behind North Medford high school and, um, yeah. Um, it took me a couple years and then I started falling in love with Southern Oregon. Well, what did it for you? (sighs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, just getting out and experiencing things. Mm -hmm. Camping is a big thing. We tent camp and, um, you know, what better way to experience everything? I started making more friends um, who had interests that had outdoor interests. Um, I really started getting into hiking a little bit here and there. Um, and then I met Gary and that sealed the deal, my husband. Yeah. And um, that was in 1995. Um, so it's been a few years. But A, a cute, a cute uh, guy does it every time, doesn't it? Right. You, you fall in love and all of a sudden you're like, I love Southern Oregon. This place is great. I love it. Funny enough, he's from Riverside, California, too. Yeah, that is funny. So it's, it, and, and his mom lived like literally within miles of one of my aunts in Ontario. So it was kind of just interesting how the whole dynamic worked. Um, Small world. Yeah. So you're yeah. a young adult in Southern Oregon. You meet your future husband. What are you, what are your plans in life? Like, what are you doing? What are you like, this is what I want to be when I grow up? Um, so I, you know, honestly, I didn't know. We, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, well, I did. So my daughter actually, actually asked me all the time, what did, when you were little, what did you want to do? I wanted to be a school teacher. And I wanted to write, be a writer. So those were always in the back of my mind, but I, uh, I couldn't afford to go to school. And um, at the time, I was in my early 20s, and mm-hmm. all we did was honestly party with our friends. Okay. Um, Sounds great. We had, gra- we had Ground Zero. I, um, I don't oh, know if you Oh, yes. That. No, I do remember <laughs> Ground Zero. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But really, it was such an amazing, we were there every, uh, I, I'll say it, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, we were there. I was, uh, um, I worked at Sears, We that's where Gary and I met. I worked okay. at Sears, and I worked there for six years, um, and I was a manager of the, I worked in lingerie first, moved into um, the hardware department, or the paint department, and that's when I met Gary, my husband, and then um, I moved. I was supervisor of paint for a little while, then moved into hardware because I could make commission. Okay. I like how you went from the lingerie department to the paint department. (laughs) (laughs) It was just more opportunity. That was great. And um, and actually, that was really fun. I learned a lot about tools, learned how to use power tools. And then I moved into jewelry. I sold jewelry. They got a jewelry department at Sears. So I started selling jewelry. So, and go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. 
No, go ahead. And at that time, I moved. Um, I started working at Roadhouse Grill, the original Roadhouse Grill okay. on the highway. And I worked there for six years also. So I was doing two jobs, and then eventually I went over to work at Roadhouse Grill as a waitress for years. So talk to me about what to do in Southern Oregon. Where did this idea, where, how did it come to you? Where were you in life when you were like, huh, this is an idea? So I had um, my first child, Elias, and we would always, I'm not, we're, we don't just sit still. We usually go and do a lot of things. We do a lot of things. And we would go to the coast and I would always be like, okay, what's there to do in Brookings? And what's there to do in Bandon? Because we always, Bandon's one of our regular trips. Love Bandon. And so I was always, uh, yeah, we love Bandon. Love it. Um, it's like it's like our second home type thing. We, we, we make sure we go there every year, once or twice a year. Um, we, uh, I would research what to do in Bandon. And... Like even the little things like what to do for 4th of July, what to do. And I'm like, gosh, it would be so nice. And I was always researching on the internet and finding all these, but it was all spread out. Um, so um, that that was number one. Number two, my sister owned a magazine and, at the time. And we were tar we actually talked about starting a mom, uh, Southern Oregon parent magazine. Mm -hmm. um, she actually had a couple published magazines. And this is one that she wanted to... Um, get writers and whatnot and so we wanted to see if it would be a need in southern oregon so i started what to do in southern oregon the facebook page okay so that was kind of your research right to see if mm -hmm. this magazine would actually have readers to support it yes to, yeah to see if there would be someone to support it and since i was already doing all this research i was like why don't i bring it together to one place um not just the Rogue Valley, but all over our Southern Oregon area. That's why it wasn't just what to do in Medford, Oregon, or what to do in the Rogue Valley. That's why it was what to do in Southern mm -hmm. Oregon, because we, uh, we can't, we, especially at the time, we couldn't afford to, as a, as a small family, my husband was just starting in his job, we couldn't afford to travel very far. So we're like, okay, why don't we travel our own area as much as we can? And sure. thus I brought it all together. Uh, how old were you when you kind of started this online Facebook page? I'm going to tell my age. <laughs> um, 37. Okay. So that's, I mean, just from experience, that would, that would freak me out a little bit, being 37 and going, okay, I'm going to start this and maybe start a magazine. I mean, was it scary for you or was it just like, I'm already doing it, I'm just going to go for it? Yeah, it wasn't actually scary at all. I was at the time I was working at Bamboo, okay, um, on North Phoenix Highway, and um, and then I got pregnant, and I couldn't um, work, so I was at home a lot with my son, and um, I was actually we worked it out so I could stay home, and so I was basically just sharing my knowledge, all the knowledge that I had already learned was learning already what kind of feedback were you getting as soon as you started posting this posting this stuff on oh Facebook? i was getting great feedback really a lot of people were like we love this page we love what you're doing for the most part there was a few people because i do um share some local haunts that people would get angry with me at times because they're like this is why are you telling people about this place but my my rule of thumb is i know uh, my rule of thumb is if it's on Google Maps, it's not a private place. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've I've learned in the news business for 18 years now, there's always there's always going to be some trolls. One of my favorite quotes on the planet is you can be the, the juiciest, ripest peach, but not everybody likes peaches. So there's always going to be yeah. someone who's going to have an issue with your success and your happiness. Um, to find the negative, yeah, in what you're doing. I mean, and yeah. Were you unveiling some hidden gems in Southern Oregon or were you just really going, and to me it's sharing the love, right? Especially if this potential yeah. business owner or whatever you're sharing is going to get some some new customers out of it. That's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the, the business is ne not necessarily that people always love, uh, the, well, the food is always just a big hit. Everybody loves a new 
restaurant or a new winery mm-hmm. if they're going to find. It was more that sometimes like some of the swimming spots or, oh. but I always, I believe it or not, I have some spots I have not shared. Um, and those are for our community, you know, those are for me and my family or my friends who share them really? with me. I always have to. Yeah, I say, you know, if they give me one of their private spots, I'm not going to share that. You know, that's because there's a lot of undiscovered country in, in Southern Oregon. There's a lot of beautiful little sure. swim spots to go. That's very, so. that's very ethical of you. <laughs> but <laughs> I may be asking like, you later. I may be texting you later. What, what, what you talking about? Um, so, uh, so as far as some of these, well, let's get back to this Facebook page. It evolves, right? I mean. It just mm, oh, totally. grows and grows and grows. How so? Well, it started out as a Facebook page. I got the interest and I was like, you know, I really need to get this more even honed down. And so I started my website. Um, it started out with spotlight pages like all the, the 4th of July. Well, actually, my very first spotlight page was Harvest Things to Do um, in the Fall. And so it was all the uh, pumpkin patches and... Um, yeah. One, one I did pumpkin patches and one was all the harvest festivals. What do you mean spotlight um, page? Sorry. What do you mean by that? Well, I call it spotlighting what all the pumpkin patches. Oh, you know, okay. It, gotcha. Yeah. So it's just a page of pumpkin patches and then it's a page of harvest festivals um, with all the info. And then it grew into um, all the things to do for Christmas, um, holiday. But I have a whole page of holiday bazaars. Um, that's how it started. Uh, then I started my Instagram page. Um, and that caught traction. So, um, at little by little I've built onto it, mm-hmm. um, and it just continues to grow. That's, uh, um, really quickly, I've never heard of Holiday Bazaar until I moved to Southern Oregon. What the hell is a Holiday oh. Bazaar? <laughs> it's, um, well, they're, you know, they're, biz- they're, um, craft shows holiday craft shows. Okay. And there's a lot of them yeah. in Southern Oregon. They're everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of the, um, for the makers, yeah. it's kind of the, the, what they all year is for. They make m- most of their, um, their money during that time of year from the late October into, uh, to the end of December is the big time for makers. Okay. So they kind of, kind of like, there's like the Barnstormers Fair, if you've heard of it, a lot yes. of makers will make just for that one event. This is like the big time of year where this carries their income throughout the rest of the year. Do you know why it's called a bazaar? Oh, it's like, well, you know, a, I don't know the, the, but a bazaar is like an Egyptian bazaar, you know, oh. where they sell things like oh. trade wares and okay. all that type of stuff. Hey, makes sense. So, I just, I had never heard of that moving out here. And then, I mean, oh, really? I, I could pick it up. I'm like, oh, okay, it's crafts and people are selling them. I get it. But you're right. They are everywhere when holiday time yeah. rolls around. Oh, yeah. I don't know how it's going to be this year. I know everybody's been. Yeah. I, a lot of my maker friends have uh, have a, you know what I notice? I scratch my head a lot. <laughs> it's okay. I, I notice um, someone, so sent me, someone sent me an email. A viewer sent me an email because they, they watch this uh, podcast. Who I can't remember who it was. And he And that viewer was like, you touch your face a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> I can't. You know what it is? It's it's years of makeup and years of hair and trying to like look as as professional as you can. We just it, yeah. it just happens. It's like a nervous tick at this point. Anywho, yeah. um, so now um, you so know yeah. you scratch your. <laughs> I scratch. I can't, I can't go like this, and I'm like, I don't have bugs. Maybe, I don't know. I just wash my hair. <laughs> maybe this is your thinking. This is your like. Hmm. What am I gonna say next? Exactly. So this evolves. You have a website. You have a, a blog, essentially, right? Where you're writing up adventures and yes. you're writing up. I went here. Go check it out. Like this is a full-on. I mean, full-time job for you. Yeah. Essentially, yes. Yes. So and I also. I'm go, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Um, it's become a full-time, and after writing for myself and. Um, and my social media, I've, that's my, it's even grown more that people ask me to write for them and do their social media for them Yeah. also. So. Well, if you think about it, you have become an expert on 
what to do in Southern Oregon. I mean, that's the name of this mm -hmm. little, I mean, is it fair to call it a business? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I'm a licensed business through the city and I own like I own the name and everything. And I think for when I first discovered you, I was just like, I want to do that. I want to go eat <laughs> and camp and discover places and make that my living. Like, how does one even begin to do that? I mean, it's not it's not as easy as we're sitting back here and just like looking at this life that you've created for yourself. It's not that easy. No, it's not. Um, there's a lot of groundwork. There's, I mean, I, I have to constantly, number one, update my website, which I'm really behind on right now. Um, but it's um, honing the pictures. My husband's become part of it, too. He's a really great food photographer. Um, I take my family with me. Um, often, sometimes if I'm doing a story, it's like, you know, what you do. Mm -hmm. If you're chasing a story, you have to go to the place and you maybe not always have the time to do it, but you make the time to do it. Um, what's ideal is the fact that I get to do it at home and on the road. Um, we, um, like our vacations are planned out to do something new, which I, I love that part of it because it pushes us Though we go to Bandon every year, we always look for the new and unique things to do. Um, you know, around this area, even, have you ever been to um, T, I don't know how to say it, Tilomique Falls in Gold Hill? Uh, if, it's on, if it's on the rafting trip, I want to say yes, but maybe not. It's, the, it's where the storytelling stone is. Okay, no, no. I, don't, I don't think so, no. So... I just learned about that and it's in Gold Hill and I'm writing a story right now um, with Travel Southern Oregon and it's about it, Gold Hill's part of the story. And I went and visited some place that's just 20 miles up the road from me, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, that's what's, um, it's like digging deep to find the small things and the cool things that um, are just right here often, you know? We have, just like the, our food scene, our food, you know, our food scene's amazing and often people don't, we all, we all get in the habit of just going to the same places, but when you try something new, um, so yeah, it's, it's been quite an experience to try different foods. My kids are quite our foodies too. So thank goodness. Um, that's a good and bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you make dinner and they're like, I'm not eating this. <laughs> I just have enough flavor. Can you please add more? <laughs> that's great. Now here's a question. Do you share I mean, most of the experiences you share are positive. It's, I had this, right. I had this chicken sandwich from Over Easy today. It's incredible. Brayden, you're great, right? That chicken sandwich is <laughs> I know you love it too. We love it. That chicken is dreamy. Holy oh, cow. It's so good. The first one I had, I shared it with my husband. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. No, you can't share that. So, so <laughs> stupid. Um, but do you ever have an experience or eat somewhere and you're not a big fan? Do you share that too? I always share the positive. Um, I do know my word, what to do in Southern Oregon's word has power. And since I want to help local businesses, if if I go to a business and I it, it's lackluster to me, I just won't share it. Um, so because hold I up, don't. playing devil's advocate though, is that, I mean, is that really fair? Like, I, I want to hear about some of the bad experiences, so I, I know not to go there, but is that just not part of what you want to do? Um, I understand. I do understand that, and I do want to be, uh, you know, so when it comes to, like, it may, like, a, a business, for instance, we went to a museum, and it was not worth our money, and I, and so I said, you know, made, they're doing a remodel, it was, hmm. A little bit overpriced and um, I'm hoping for next time that it will um, I don't always give a five-star review sure you know so I will find the thing that I enjoy about it and that's the whole thing if it's if it's if it's food our, a lot of our businesses are owned by small you know privately owned people and always and my taste isn't everybody's taste yeah. I view that I understand that too sometimes like I've people told me I love blah 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 blah's food and um, I go and I'm like, oh, that wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's that's okay for other people to have different different tastes than me. I, um, I'm good with that, of course. 
but I don't want to hurt a business by me sharing something that was my own opinion, unless it was completely terrible and there was rats on the ground or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but my, my non, my non, me not saying something is more of, I think a review than, um, saying something mean or distasteful about them. Cause I do want to support small local businesses. hundred percent. So, and it, and I've had, you know, I've had small businesses, you know, ask me to come, come eat at their restaurant. And I said, okay, I will, but I want to let you know, I, if I don't put a re- picture up or a review up, it's because it doesn't, wasn't to my taste. So be aware th- that you may not get a picture from that. That's, and that's fair. And I think that's totally legit. I just know I worked in the food industry for, you know, through high school and college. And um, I tend to give restaurants, especially small, you know, small businesses like that, a little bit of slack because I know it could have just been a bad day. Like if I go and I don't have a great experience, it could be just a bad day. And I've read reviews on restaurants in newspapers and anytime there's like a negative, like this wasn't so great or the service, I just, I feel for them. I'm just like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe they're having a bad day. Like give them a little slack. and I just know there's a lot of people who aren't tolerant of that at all. And that's just unfortunate because I just think within a restaurant, um, I don't know, sometimes they just have a bad day and it's not always going to be perfect, perfect, perfect every time you go. Correct. And that's, there's, I, I think of one restaurant, I always, I don't all, I don't base it, my opinion off of one visit either. Right. <clears throat> I, I go two to three times and see okay, maybe they had an off day. I've had a lot of people, heard a lot of people say this is really good, but maybe it's just not, you know, maybe I need to try something else. So I'll go and try something different and, and see if I like something. Um, I, you know, I, I do, I get spoiled. Yes, we get spoiled because we have, we eat at a lot of really good places with chefs that create amazing flavors, you know? And so sometimes it's, I have to give the benefit of the doubt that this is just not this is just not in my flavor profile that I like because I like big bold flavors. Um, a lot of, you know, like that chicken sandwich. There's a lot of flavors <laughs> of levels and homemade tips. And now I want one braided. I know braided. <laughs> we need a chicken Sammy. Um, what what have been some of your and just a cat like we can kind of cap, put a cap on this conversation. Um, I agree. If I post anything on my social media accounts, whether about, you know, supporting a local business, it's because I love that local business. And I'm not about to get out there and be like, hey, we went here today and it sucked. Don't go. Like, I'm never going to do that because that's just, that's nasty. And my mantra these days is positive energy begets positive energy. So I'm just not doing it. Um, Yes. I try to be positive all the time. Yeah. It's not, even if we get a bad server somewhere, I'm like, sometimes, you know, some, we all have bad days. Some yeah. days I don't want to leave the house, but some people have to work no matter if they're having a bad day. So, right. Yeah. That's no, I, I agree. I cut them some slack, um, probably more than I should, but I don't care. Uh, some of your adventures, let's talk about that. What have been some of your favorite uh, places to visit? Um, even things around here to do locally, meaning like obviously Southern Oregon, but um, whether it's a hike or it's a camping spot or it's, a swimming hole that you can talk about like what are some of your favorite adventures oh by far i the number one that pops into my head is um gary and i went um hiking in the umqua and um we went during the winter we went in february and it was tokati falls okay um and it was tokati falls and watson falls and the hot springs and nobody was there because it's winter who's gonna and we had to snowshoe it or we had to snow hike in for uh it was like three extra miles in the snow mm-hmm. and then to get to the Umqua hot springs uh Tokati was a little bit easier and we yes we did we did the bad thing and went down to the bottom because you're not supposed to Ooh. But I know I know <laughs> um but that was it was so like the Umqua we just actually just got back from there doing some more hikes there this last week and um it's just magical it's so green and lush and yeah. just beautiful um, and then also, I just, for campgrounds, we just went to Union Creek Campground, and we camped by the creek, and my daughter, she said that there was fairies living there, oh. 
And when she says fairies are living there, you know that it's an enchanting place. That's magical. (laughs) I love that. On the fairy scale, it was magical. And she saw fairies everywhere. So it's right along the road. uh, You can take Union Creek, um, do a little hike up Uh the Union Creek Trail. And then it meets up with the Rogue River. And we found a little spot. We just hung out. She built, she found ostrich eggs. Um, according to her, and wow. built a little house and a dam and everything. It oh, was I love her. it's such a beautiful campground. It's and there's it's no it's no hookups. Um, it's we had wa- we had a little water spigot, but we tent camp. So um, it it was just, it's just a beautiful. That's my I think that's my favorite spot that I found besides camping in Bandon. Mm-hmm. We love camping in Bandon at Bullard's Beach. So on this hike in Umqua, did you guys go in the hot springs? Yes. It was nice. absolutely beautiful. And no one and was there. Was just, no one was there. And there was just the two of us. So you so, know what happened. Wink, <laughs> wink. I get it, kinky. Um, no, no, no. It was no, not, not that far. <laughs> we, just went, uh, we just went nude. <laughs> well, so I have read about these hot springs in hiking books. And they all have the warning. You know, it's a popular spot. So mm-hmm. be careful because you could stumble upon it and see a whole bunch of naked people yes so one day we were by ourselves and we we went in nude the next day we went and there was nobody there for the first hour my husband loves hot springs so we went two days in a row um there was no one there for the first hour and then another couple showed up and then a bunch of teenagers showed up and everybody was we were all nude okay and nobody it wasn't like it was I know it sounds weird. No, no judgment. It, no judgment at all. There was there was no judgment at all. Everybody was like sitting there talking and you just kind of avert your eyes. <laughs> um, and um, we just, we just were sitting down in our pool. The couple, a couple came up and started talking to us and that was a little uncomfortable. I just kind of went, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, um, but at the no, same time, it, you, yeah, there. you have chose, you chose to, to do this and go in this hot spring and that's just what you have to deal right. with. If, if that's what, if, yeah. if you want to go. Um, are they, I have been in hot springs before. Are they, are these stinky? Do they smell like sulfur? Um, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. They did a little bit. Are they clear? No, it was too bad. Uh, no. Well, one or two of them were, cause there was at Umpqua, there's one, two, there's, I think five or six. And some of them are more mossy than others. Cause okay. it's all, you know, natural, they're natural hot springs. So. Right. I've heard they're amazing. No, I've heard they're absolutely yeah, amazing. No, they're, yeah, there's it, some of them are mossier than others, and then you then you'll kick the, um, you know, if you drudge it up, and then it drudge, the the mossiness okay. comes up in the water. But are there like natural places to sit too within the hot springs? Yes, crazy. So they have man, man they have man like some of them are man made, as in they mm. put like it's almost like a rock hot tub. It's, they haven't poured cement or anything, but yeah, there's seating areas in them. One of them is under at Umpqua. There's one is under a, a gazebo, and okay. we didn't sit in that one. Um, and then there's graffiti, and I think the teenagers Aww. like to sit there. Yeah, there was a bit of trash up there. That was the the disappointing part. We came up the second day and brought a whole garbage bag full down, like a glad bag that we hiked out with us. Oh, that's nice. That was dis- yeah. That's oh yeah, nice that's what we do. We always bring garbage bags with us when we go hiking to pick up. Um, I'm trying to teach my kids that to leave no trace. That's beautiful. So. Good karma. Good karma for you. Um, I think yes. there's you're a pretty horrible level of human if you litter. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Why? I don't it understand. Make sense. I, don't I don't understand, understand littering. Why. My kids don't either. They get really upset. They're like, "Why do people throw that?" And I'm like, "I." have no explanation why it's just pure laziness I guess I don't know just feels lazy to me I put I put litterers right up there with people who don't return the shopping cart Ooh, you're one of those we were just talking about that I (laughs) almost 100% of the time I do I don't 100% of the time I'm sorry well Lanessa I'm gonna be watching you (laughs) next time I see you (laughs) next time I see you at Trader Joe's and if you've got a shopping cart I'm just going to watch you until you return it. I always return the shopping cart at Trader Joe's. It's never, I've never not returned the shopping cart at Trader Joe's. I just posted something on my Facebook page about um, like of the philosophy behind those who don't return the shopping cart. It's pretty comical. 
And I, I had so many people comment on it. It got so many people fired up. So <laughs> you'll have to go read it after this conversation. You'll have to go read I'll it. I think you'll, yeah, you'll get a kick out of it. Gary will get a kick out of it too. Cause he's like, I can't believe don't people don't return the shopping cart. Thanks Gary. Yeah. Gary's got my back. So those I are, got your back too. okay. Gary. Thank you. Well, you will now. <laughs> For sure. Um, so those are some of your favorite adventures. What about, let's talk about food. Ooh, wow. Favorite food. What are we talking about well, favorite food? What, what are some of your favorite spots? I know you were recently just at um, the farmer's market, which I haven't been mm -hmm. in months, and I'm super sad about it. But I just, there is so much good stuff at our farmer's market. Yeah. So much. Gosh, that's so, it's so hard because it depends on what kind of mood you were in, you know. I, um, of course, my, one of my ultimate favorites, Truffle Pig Craft Kitchen. Skyler is Skyler just... Is fantastic yeah yes. he's a magician especially with um i like his vegetarian dishes a lot because i feel like you're a special chef when you can make because it takes so much more thought to make vegetables and vegetarian food taste mm -hmm. really good mm -hmm. instead of just vegetables and so i always get his vegetarian dishes and i i love and oh my gosh his menu this week there's a vegetarian taco on there that i yeah. am, has my name on it it's like a, i think um, it's like a sweet potato taco isn't it yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. They're so good. You should get them, Trish. Okay. I promise. Can I get, <laughs> can I say I'll get the vegetarian tacos with a side of pork belly? <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's always how well, I roll. It. It's, it's meaty. It's meaty. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, it's meaty with the sweet potato. So it's so good. Okay. Um, I love, so if we're talking about the growers market, um, it's truffle pig craft kitchen. And I had the, um, a newer truck is the Arepas truck. Okay. I Have you had that in? No. The, he's there, but he's also at Flywheel Bicycles and Talent mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Oh my gosh, phenomenal! We got the we got the meat, um, the carne, and it had avocado and this spicy sauce on it. It was wonderful. And what's That's it called again? One. It's um, it's called Al Alfredo's Arepas. Okay, so Arepas. It... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it's spelled A-R-E-P-A-S. Um, so he specializes arepa. in what? The arepa. It's, so it's like a, it's kind of like a taco, but what it is, it's like um, the masa is like that you use for corn tortillas. Mm -hmm. It's thicker. And then they cut a, they cut a pouch in it and they stuff it full of goodies. Okay. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh my, phenomenal. So it's like Wonderful. a, it's like a Mexican pita ish kind of yeah kind of yeah okay. that's that's a good analogy okay yeah it's yeah it's so good um that's one of the things that i i've been craving with my daughter loved it too um let's see who else oh i always love sam sultan's delight of course his yeah yeah his euros are wonderful we need to talk about uh, the donuts that you posted a while back they're their little oh, stand snowball. yeah i believe their little stand is over by les schwab right yes Okay, how yes. how good were those donuts? Oh my gosh, they're super fluffy inside and crispy on the outside. Mm. So like a little bit of crispy on the outside, and then you can get maple bacon, you can get Nutella. We love the Nutella um, with um, powdered sugar. Love it. It's really good. Do it has you a cinnamon sugar. Yeah, they looked the amazing. They looked amazing. Do you find yourself when someone? either asks you or you overhear someone talking about, hey, where should I go to dinner tonight? Because this is what happens to me. I tend to just take over the conversation and I'm like, well, what, oh, yeah. what would you like? Where do you want to go? You can go here. You can also go here. And then if you go here, you could go there after. Like, I just am so oh, yeah. obnoxious. You get the whole itinerary of where to go next. <laughs> Completely, yes. If, if I overhear, I'm like, okay, wait a second here. You, this is what you got to do and what order you got to do it in. Especially downtown Medford, or if you go to Ashland, you know, you can give them a whole itinerary of mm -hmm. where to, so, you know, start with cocktails here, then go to dinner here, <laughs> and dessert, and you can have an after-dinner cocktail here, and if you have room, go have dessert here, you yeah. know, that's, you know, that type of thing, because it can't be all in one place. Everyone can't be good at everything, right? No, and I, <laughs> I find myself doing that exact same thing, even, we'll be out somewhere, and I overhear a conversation, and I'm that person who goes, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but if you're in Ashland, 
I would go here for dinner. Like, I just am that such an obnoxious person about that. I don't think it's obnoxious. And actually, usually people appreciate it. Yeah, usually. And then, and even here at KTVL, I have become the, anytime we have a new hire, new reporter, and they're like, my parents are in town. Are there any good wineries? And everyone's like, ask Trish. So I've become that <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah, so don't even. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, I'm okay with it too. I, that's what I often, not right now, please. Not right now, please. Um, that was my child. Um, Sorry, kiddo, we're yeah, almost done. People will message me and ask me, oh, they're moving to the area or they want to go out for a date night or, you know, and then they'll say, we are, we want to go from Grants Pass to Medford. Where can we go? You know, they'll give me a place to, and I'll give them a list and I'll tell them the good and bad. You know, this place has great food, but bad service. This place has great cocktails. You know, this place, you know, because there's, you know, like we I said, I don't expect perfection from restaurants. Totally. Um, if you're putting out great, I mean, there, and there are some who have great service, great food, you know, everything's spot on, but, um, it doesn't, I'm not of that. I'm not of that mindset that it has to all be perfect. Cause it's hard, especially in this day and age. Right. And I'm curious for you specifically, you know, I've interviewed people who have had these very successful jobs or maybe not. And they have this sort of aha moment of this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to support myself. How does, how does what to do in Southern Oregon, how does this support, help support your family? You know, for, for people out there who are like an entrepreneur wannabe, if they're like, I want to do something like Lanessa did, how, how did you start that process of like going, this is my passion, this is what I love, and I'm going to help support my family by doing this? Number one, you have to be ready to do the work without pay. Mm -hmm. um, I started what to do in Southern Oregon as a passion project. And for two years, I made zero dollars. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get any, you know, the recognition was everybody, people were, it's real people following me. So they, they couldn't, um, they're not going to give me money. Mm -hmm. Um, it's cause they're following me because they like what I'm doing. And slowly, um, businesses started asking me, Hey, can I advertise on your, do you allow people to advertise on your page? And, um, so it, it was literally two years of zero, zero pay. And I was fortunate that my husband, number one, has a, a well, a good enough paying job that he could support that, I that love venture. It. But also, I was also, um, well this, and I was also, I, I did become a preschool teacher for a short period of time mm -hmm. and I was going to be able to take my daughter with me to work and be my son's, uh, preschool teacher. I think I was teaching him but anyways and then it turned around it was with Medford Parks and Recreation um and then they had to come go for an accreditation they told me I couldn't bring her to work with me anymore so that kind of just went oh fizzled out and I was like okay I have to figure something else to do so I was willing to put in the legwork and you have to and you have I was I put in a lot of hours I was working full-time for free for myself of course sure and so um and also be willing to, um, like, cause this is a community it, while it's my business, it's also to talk about our community. Mm -hmm. And so I would look at from all directions and, and, um, oh, I just totally lost my thought. No. So anyways, I, I'm just, go ahead. Looking back Please. though, the two years working for free, gradually you have businesses going, Hey, you're getting popular and you know, that, that speaks a lot for businesses. Hey, I want to advertise with you because I see all these people following you over here. Um, that's good for me and it's good for you. So looking back, you know, would you do it all over again? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the, the relationships I've built, this is another thing that the, one of my favorite things that has come out of this is the relationships and the people that I've met. Mm -hmm. Um, I built one of my best friends I met through one of her sip and paints. Um, actually not sipping paints. I took my son for paint lessons to her and she was a homeschool mom and she was teaching kids how to paint from her house. Wow. And now she's one of my best friends. It, that's those kind of relationships I built. I, for a while I was working with White's Country Farm um, before it closed for four years, we created these amazing events. And within that I kept meeting new people, vendors, makers, mm -hmm. um, that's how I got to know the, know the food trucks. Um, I also was on the board for Medford Comic-Con. I volunteered for that. I met all the food trucks through that because 
I'm obviously a social person, um, but it's, I've created some really great relationships out of it. And, um, that's the most meaningful thing to me out of it is the, the, the connection, not only myself, but my family and my children have with this community. Cause I love Southern Oregon, Southern Oregon community. Yeah. So it's been a definite blessing to my family. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm glad, and I know Southern Oregon. We're pretty lucky to have you, kind of making sure we're hitting all those fun spots. And and honestly, it's not just about food, right? It's getting outside. It's taking your kids for that cool hike that you found that your kids loved. It's taking your kiddos to camp by the creek where the fairies live. I mean, it's really about making right. memories. Totally, it's that's exactly outdoor memories, food memories, um, all of it. It's, I love it. It's definitely been a, a great voyage for us and it's hopefully to continue on for years. Very cool. How has what to do in Southern Oregon changed since this pandemic? I mean, we're talking about it is your job to tell us what to do in Southern Oregon and for a few months yeah. there wasn't anything to do. I got blindsided at first. I was frozen. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Yeah. Um, it's based off events. Um, so I had to regroup. I had to sleep for four days, and then, <laughs> and then, and then I I started being like, well, let's. I started creating let's a takeout uh, page, mm -hmm. and then, um, of course, we kept eating out as we were. Um, we saved a lot of money, honestly, because we weren't eating out as much sure. for coffees and whatnot. But um, I we 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 ate out a lot when we were when we were when we were staying home most of the time and then also we went hiking a mm -hmm. lot we started focusing on the hikes um i didn't share a lot of the hikes because i didn't want my trails to get get my trails our trails to get over flooded <laughs> with people because there's so many oops um <laughs> um my trails there was so many there was so many people home sure. i even and i actually got a lot of blowback from people like don't share trails and so I was cautious about how I was sharing it. And I was also cautious about, um, I shared what we had going on here. Um, now there's no events still. I mean, we don't have any of our large events. We lost Southern Oregon Craft Brew um, Festival. Yeah. You know, we know Barnstormers. We know a lot of summer events um, stopped. So now I'm focusing a lot. I just had to shift my mindset. Sure. And go, I I have a big tool here I need to use. Um, now I need to start writing about a lot of things that I didn't have time to do because we were out doing so much of the mm -hmm. events. And so I'm catching up on my writing and uh, a lot more outdoor stuff is perfect is coming. Yeah. You know, you just shift, you change. It was the same thing, mm -hmm. not to make a comparison, but with this little podcast that I do, you know, I was interviewing oh, people sure. in person and having a great old time at it, and then all of a sudden we can't do that anymore. So what do you do? Hey, there's this thing called Skype. I, you just evolve, you just, you just move, yeah. move with it. Otherwise you get, you get left behind. Um, exactly, had to do, and then the food scene is, is, has helped a lot too. Sure. We've had a few restaurants open during the pandemic, which is unique. Crazy. And so that's been fun. I mean, Fat Kid Food Company with, I don't know if you had it yet, Trisha. So, so good. So good, exactly. And they opened during this. Yeah. So I think we had the, it was the pork belly breakfast burrito. Oh, yeah, so good. Right. I, had, I think it had Cheetos in it or something. I don't know. It was so good. <laughs> Stupid good. Um, and now is the time more than ever that we need to support our local restaurants. And someone someone shared something. It's like when you go to a local restaurant and they're, they're just now reopening, just be patient for the love of Pete. Don't yeah. start complaining as soon as you sit down. Just go and support them. If you want them to be open in a year, go support them right now. Yes, please do. Our wineries. Mm -hmm. All um, of it, yeah. Our, our wineries are struggling. Everybody's struggling right now. Yeah. And it's we need to just go support them. And every we've been out to quite a few wineries and restaurants, and everyone is is holding to the social distancing that we've visited so far yeah. um, and masking. And um, I know that, I know that's up for debate. People don't get, but I'm just letting people, there's a lot of people that are paranoid that social distancing isn't happening and proper etiquette. Um, I'll tell you, especially now since the mandate, um, a lot, 
we actually had to go visit Southern California too. Um, all along the West Coast, people it's people are masking. People are, um, if you're worried about travelers coming into Ashland and maybe mm-hmm. spreading it, mm-hmm. people are masking and the businesses are um, doing social distancing. So I agree. I've seen I, I've seen all, just nothing but really good things out of local wineries and restaurants. They're following the rules. I feel completely safe. And I've said this a thousand times, wearing a mask is the easiest, dumbest thing you can do to help save yourself and other people. Just, it's so stupid easy, just do it, just do it. Yeah, I agree. And and drink your wine and be happy with it. Um, Before we get to the final three, where can people find you? What to do in Southern Oregon? What to do in Southern Oregon is, um, I have my website, whattodoinsouthernoregon.com. On Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Google, I'm what to do in Southern Oregon. If you follow me on my Google page, I have over 15 million views of my photos. Um, I put a lot of not just what to do here in Southern Oregon, but anywhere we travel. Great. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah, I follow you on Instagram and Facebook, but um, yeah, Instagram is where I see all the good, the good food pics. Where I'm like, where is she? I gotta go. I gotta go find that. <laughs> Um, all right, Lanessa, let's get to the final three. Best advice you've ever been given. I thought about this one a lot, and probably the best advice I've ever been given is not to care what everyone thinks of you mm-hmm. because you're not going to ever be make everyone happy. And we all go, I, like, I think it's, I, I shouldn't say just as women because I know my husband goes through the, through this is, we go through these waves where sometimes we're like, we don't feel like we're good enough. Are we doing the right thing? Especially me with social media, being on social media, you know, trying not to base my worth off of likes on my picture, you know, that type of thing. Um, like one time, sometimes I'll go through that. I'm like, what's wrong? Am I doing the wrong thing? And, you know, and then especially what I do, a lot of other businesses pop up and think that they're going to do, or they want to do the same thing that I'm doing. And I just have to not let get that let that get into my head and just go keep doing the way I've done. I'm successful with what I'm doing because of the way I've done it and stay that road. Yeah. So. And it's yeah. um it's your path. I had to remind myself of this the other day. Your path is your path, and just because someone else is maybe doing something similar or maybe someone else is more successful than you or they got this new job that's super great and you're very jealous of that. Your path is your path and just because someone else is doing this, it doesn't mean that you're on the wrong path or you're doing something wrong. It just means it's just different. And I have to think about that. I'll I'll sit there and think, do I really want their path? Right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm like, what am I getting getting jealous of? Do I really want that? I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, often I, I just, I want my path. I love my path. And if I want a different path than what I'm doing, then I need to change what me, I can't do it, change anybody else's perspective 100%. and what people are doing, just what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, we could talk, we could talk forever about that. Um, <laughs> what's your happy place? Oh gosh. I think we all know that anywhere by water outdoors. Um, it can be a waterfall, a lake, a river, the ocean. If I need some place to regroup, um, or even just my backyard. If it has to be outdoors, okay. I, I just the happy place is outdoors with some with Skylar's vegetarian tacos. That too in a <laughs> restaurant with a, glass, with a glass of good wine or beer. Or my latest thing is hard kombucha. I love hard kombuchas. Oh, okay. I've had kombucha. I don't think I've had a hard kombucha. Ooh, they're good. Okay, really good. I tried them at the Brine Brew and Barrel Festival. Okay. This last January at, and at the Commons, so good. All right, it's just Noted. like a kombucha kick. Yeah, it's really good. So, and then the kombucha just like fights all the bad stuff in your gut. So it's a win-win. <laughs> That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, here's the big one. Final meal, final drink. What would that look like? <sighs> okay, final drink is, I know my final drink. It's a margarita, mm. a real margarita craft or not even craft just juice a dash of syrup or lime fresh lime juice a dash of syrup simple syrup and a good tequila Mm -hmm. and that's not and I I gotta give shout out to Skylar at uh, Pomodori um, Pomodori that boy makes the best margarita he makes the best drinks period I love his cocktails his margarita though try his margarita you will be blown away there in common block 
um, makes a really great classic margarita on the rocks. Look at all these shout so outs good. we're giving. I love it. Okay. Food. I know. What's your meal? What's your meal? My, oh gosh, that's so hard. <laughs> I was trying to think. You can have a couple. Like, if it was today, it would be the garlic roasted jalapeno sweet potato tacos from Truffle Pig Craft Kitchen. <laughs> or, I know I'm very specific. Um, the, um, oh gosh, one of, uh, we love Brayden. Mm. One of his omelets with that potato cake, and yes. then he always puts an aioli on top. Yes. That's what, those are my favorite things. He does a veggie one that I love. Mm. So good. I'm not vegetarian, but I really enjoy good vegetarian food. Yeah, like so. Well, like you said, it, it is challenging to create yummy, super yummy vegetarian dishes. So when you do it well, yeah. you take note. Yeah. So yeah, I think those two would write like right at this moment. Now ask me in two days, it might be something different because I crave different things. <laughs> you're allowed. It's your final meal. So you're absolutely allowed. <laughs> Um, yes. Lanessa, thank you so much. If you are uh, listening to this podcast on Apple or Spotify, subscribe, rate and review, please. And you can also watch it at ktvl.com and on YouTube. Just search Off Script with Trish Glows. One more time, uh, Lanessa Pierce, the wizard behind what to do in Southern Oregon, um, sharing her secrets and her loves and her adventures. All uh, And you can find her on YouTube and Facebook. And you said Google? Instagram, Google. I'm everywhere. She's everywhere. So just look her up, what to, do, what to do in Southern Oregon. One more time. Lanessa Pierce, thank you so much. Uh, this community is lucky thank to have you. Thank you, Trish. Thank you so much.